Welcome to the Contact Center Gurus, the podcast for contact center and customer experience leaders. Learn best practices, new technologies, tips and tricks, and more. Today's episode is sponsored by Support Logic. Support Logic is the world's first support experience platform for customer support leaders, helping you move from providing reactive to proactive support. Reduce customer escalations by 40%, reduce customer churn by 25%, improve proactive outreach by 60% and more. Extract the voice of the customer in real time without surveys. Elevate your customer support and transform your customer experience with groundbreaking applications for next-generation customer service and support. Change the game with applications that leverage innovative AI and NLP technology, intelligent workflows, and intuitive UI for the SX platform. Sign up now for a free sandbox environment at www.supportlogic.io. This podcast is sponsored by Balto. Do your reps forget the right things to say on calls? Do they frequently put customers on hold because they don't know the answer? Or maybe they forget to ask discovery questions that help qualify customers. With Balto, you can guide each rep through their conversations at the push of a button. Balto rides along your rep's screens, listens to both sides of the conversation, and shows them the best things to say live on the call. After just 14 weeks of using Balto, National General Insurance saw 16% higher conversions and 53-second lower handle times. Head over to balto.ai backslash guru to get a free pair of Bose headphones for a demo. That's B-A-L-T-O dot A-I backslash G-U-R-U. This podcast is also sponsored by OzoneTel. Is a contact center part of your customer service strategy? OzoneTel's AI-assisted platform will help you deliver the best experience possible. It's an affordable contact center solution with advanced features, deep native integrations, and outstanding service. There are no contracts or annual commitments, and you can get a basic contact center deployed within hours. Experience it yourself with a free trial at www.ozonetel.com. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Tech Gurus. Cloud Tech Gurus are the hottest technology matchmakers for contact center leaders in the country. Sourcing technologies and solution providers is grueling, time-consuming, and complicated. They make the process simpler and more efficient. The gurus map out your requirements, source solutions providers, help you choose the one that is the right fit, and help manage the implementation, all at no cost. They work with nearly every major vendor, more than 150 solutions providers, and are vendor agnostic. They help save you time, money, and headaches. Visit www.cloudtechgurus.com to learn more. Now, let's listen in. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Contact Center Gurus podcast. I do have a special guest today uh, and uh, becoming a dear friend. So we have Emery Tekalu. And I would love for you know to give us an intro about yourself and have the audience learn a little bit more. Hi, Jessica. Thanks for welcoming me. Just a little bit about me. I've been in the support domain for the last 18 years. I'm really passionate about helping our customers and 
For the last 13 years or so, I have been in various leadership positions, all customer facing. And uh, I really enjoy helping people to find their passion in support space and helping our customers because support, in my opinion, is the new sales engine is what I like to say it. And every person in support plays a great role. And I'm here to everybody to understand that message. Yes. Love it. So yeah, we are definitely here to talk about how, you know, the support organization is not the redheaded stepchild <laughs> of, of the service org. So let, let's kick it off to where, you know, kind of the myths of the support organization. And we're going to myth buster. <laughs> yeah, that, I like that. Traditional support has been all considered like a cost center. However, with the COVID accelerated, we call it now digital transformation. Now companies do realize customer support is a key department. And I would go one step further. Every department needs to adapt that mindset that they are in support. When someone copes, when someone trains, when someone does a project manage, what they are doing is support. And if everybody does their job well, there is less work for support. So support plays this key role in my opinion, where every case tells a story for the rest of the organization. And if we look at kind of, I'm gonna use the word hidden signals in the cases, we could understand where there was the opportunities to make it better. So support kind of is more than the cost center. In my opinion, with the launch of premium support offerings, it's becoming that new revenue generation, but also really getting out their customers the value out of the products they purchased. Yeah, in average uh, on the, the service side, um, you know, 75% of a company's revenue comes from service and service could include support, success, you know, technical support, you know, so many different layers. But yeah, I'm seeing this trend where sales are trying to get more information from the support teams to try to figure out ways to upsell. Can you, can you kind of talk about the dynamics between sales and support? Yes. So from support perspective, sales might be the redheaded stepchild because <laughs> yeah. their role is to sell, which we totally understand. So sales department is one of my favorite departments because they bring the revenue into companies. And at the end of the day, that's really important. But what happens after post-sales is really key. So it would be really ideal companies who will succeed will have alignment around the metrics between sales and support, which traditionally not many companies do that. So I, I try to make a point to meet with our sales leader and set expectations up front, like what can we do up front and what we cannot deliver. So that's the best type of uh, selling point, like understand our customers' point of view and how we could help them. Yeah. I mean, yes, support's also about protecting that existing revenue because I feel like support is so powerful. And uh, one of my idols, Vince Lombardi, has this famous quote that's a, that he says, it takes months to find a customer, seconds to lose one. So even though sales is generating the initial revenue, support, success are vital to a company. <laughs> yes, on protecting and growing the revenue too. Yes, we, we all know how important each customer is. Like 
any startup founder or CEO that's small, they do the support role. And as they grow, they need to delegate that to someone else. But the early successes, in my opinion, to in, in those stages, because people are passionate about support, they do it well, they understand their customers. And once they grow, that department goes to someone else and sometimes that could get lost. So that's, that's another example of how support is important and very crucial to customer success. Yeah, I also see this shift in terminology with companies that a while ago, companies were all about, oh, we're a sales organization. We're a sales organization because that's where they saw the revenue was coming from. But now this, the past three or four years, I've seen the shift. You know, we're a service or a support company. We're a customer experience. I mean, there's so many titles now. <laughs> Because yeah. I think Uber has the customer obsession <laughs> experience and I'm trying to keep up. <laughs> yeah, there are many good titles and every companies are playing with the titles. But at the end of the day, it boils down to support is the department to start anybody's career, in my opinion, because that's where you learn the customers and that's where you learn the products. And we picked on sales for a salesperson to be successful, they need to understand the customer and they need to understand the product. And interacting with customers day in, day out in support will empower you. So I feel another strategy companies should follow is onboard your staff through support. And this way you understand how your customers are working with your products too. Awesome. What are some other insights to give support departments more of a voice on dictating, you know, process change, technology change, or any other kind of changes? So the name of the game right now is speed. So customers expect support to know the answers and know the answers pretty fast. So one of the key processes is skill-based routing, I would say, and there are many technologies to help with that. It's all about connecting the customer issue with the person that has the answer to that question. So that's really key process. And it's not just technology change, it's a mindset shift there too. And then measuring the successes will really be important. So sitting up front with your support staff and telling them, we're gonna look at the CSAT scores, we're gonna look at the total time resolution, we're gonna look at the reopen rates. And having that part of your onboarding really helps for anybody to know how they are measured and how they could contribute to the to support department success. So I would say those are really good two starting points. Awesome. Yeah, I always think about um, the people too. Are there certain characteristics or skill sets for people in support? <laughs> Rather pros and cons? <laughs> yeah, so there's a great book. Um, about challenger sale and talks also about support, yeah. how to create this effortless customer support experience. And there was an interesting debate there. Who are the best type of support people to hire? Like what's the profile? So when we do recruiting and hiring, what should we look? Traditionally, it's been people who have good listening skills, obviously, but also people who have empathy. But mm -hmm. there is a different thought, school of thought there is, maybe the best type of support people are who are confident and demanding and telling customers, this is the best way to solve your case. And it's interesting because 
customer called for a reason. They don't have the answer. So support reps need to understand that. So they need to be confident to take charge of the situation and asking probing questions to get the details, which is the listening skill sets. But we need more people who are confident and telling customers based on your situation, here's the best answer and this is gonna work and I test it. So that type of a confidence in the body tone and voice is what I look now when I hire people. Oh yeah. And um, I always also think through um, training, whether it's like interpersonal skills or communication training, because one trend I am seeing just with people in general, and even my daughter, she's 11 years old. I try to tell her how important it is to be social with people. You know, we're all human beings and you know, we're all the same species and part of the same family because she lives in on her phone in the digital world. And I feel like it's important to have that balance on how to communicate with people in real life and in the digital world. Cause some people have two different personalities. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, I always look at things, even for myself, you know, is there those are different kinds of trainings to help with, you know, interpersonal skills and communication skills. And I just want to pick your brain if you've ever gone down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yes, yeah, you mentioned about, uh, so with my two kids, it's funny with the Halloween, as we were going door to door, you know, some neighbors put no solicit uh, sign. <laughs> and my eight-year-old saw that and he's like, that means no socialize maybe. So, <laughs> so when you talk about yeah. Um, kids and socializing that made me think of that um, yeah work life and personal life sometimes it does differ and that's that's a really good topic to talk about because the best productive people are the ones who could bring their whole self to work and we use for example, introvert and extrovert that's very clear to people they understand yes it's a label we don't like the label but Right. <laughs> and we need both sides. We need both sides. And we just need to tap into skill sets they have. So as long as people have that psychological safety at work and they have that voice, they are being listened. And sometimes, yes, they are introverts. Maybe they need to work differently. And extroverts, they also need to work differently. So as we, as teams need to come to kind of with its meeting norms or how the teams communicate early on, they will be much more successful. Right. And the good news is for, you know, support orgs that, that are looking to, you know, maybe skill up their team just in a communication and interpersonal skills uh, realm, there's so much online, <laughs> so many different training classes. Like when I grew up, in the 80s, and you can calculate how old I am. <laughs> you know, we didn't have that. We had like the library and books. Now you can go on YouTube, uh, Udemy. I mean, there's so many classes that you can take that it's pretty fascinating. So, so in your support organization, how do you kind of uh, address the, the training aspect with your team? Yeah, so training, I would say, is one of the Achilles heel for support because you have to take time away. And support is one of those departments that's hard to be off the phones, off the chats. 
So off, off the get-go, we are in a, in a hole. And then we need to like really pick the time uh, to be about it. But my team does a really good job of role-playing for onboarding and coaching. That's, uh, I kudos to our team at Saive that does a fantastic job of training their, uh, our managers training their support reps. But companies also need to invest in the enablement positions and make it more recurring, whether it's monthly accreditations that we could be in support because so many changes happen across the department. We need to bring all that information into one place. So um, investing in the support enablement positions are key to custom and to company success. Yes, and, and vital, <laughs> I yep. must say, especially uh, you know, times are changing, things are changing, and, you know, we got to stay up to date. I want to add one more thing. The enablement, yes, it's all about learning to, but also participating at company events. Right. Because usually support falls behind in that. So that's one of the areas we've strived to improve, participate at company events. So we understand the company culture, participate at company all-hands meetings. So we know what's happening. Because early reasons we listed support is key we understand we help towards customer retention which is one of the key metrics support folks needs to be looked in in all those type of engagements okay so tell me a little bit more and the audience about Zywave and you know what what are the great things you guys are doing there and maybe what is Zywave <laughs> Yeah, so Zyway, we are in the insure tech space, helping us, uh, agencies and brokers with their digital transformation. And if you think about it, insurance is one of the last remaining places where it has not gone through digital transformation. And uh, unfortunately, COVID happened. And fortunately for a lot of software companies, it accelerated their growth. So we are in that space where we are helping our um, customers to connect with their customers. So mm -hmm. we have the tools to help them to sell faster, coach, um, we call them agents, so they can be agent for their customers utilizing our tools. And on the support side, anything from soup to nuts, if they have any questions, we are helping them through different channels, emails, um, chat, and phone. Oh, awesome. And what kind of uh, programs you think you might be launching for your own customers? For our customers, um, we are using Salesforce mainly to okay. manage our case cases. And we are working with Salesforce to kind of how we could connect with our customers, just like we sell that solutions. Um, we are doing the same, same process, connecting with our customers on support issues. Okay. And your customers, are they nationwide or globally? Yep. So we are in a few continents and trying to expand globally more. more. Um, but right now, the main supports are in the U.S. in terms of my support staff. Okay. Are there plans to expand more globally? Yes. Yeah, there's definitely need for it. And hopefully that's something we'll, we'll do extremely well. Awesome. So my question around global support, because I, I do also talk to a lot of global support leaders, is what are kind of the challenges that you face with a global team, you know, different time zones <laughs> and managing them? And then, you know, what are some of the, the things you have implemented to help with those maybe pain points? 
Yeah, global support is a tough one just due to time zone. Yeah. And we are also not even mentioning about language barriers too. So there's yeah. that too. And not only that, the culture, the expectations. So someone in US might have different expectations about support than someone in Europe and someone in Asia. So then do you do a localized support or do you have one central hub that works 24 seven? So I've seen it both ways and it has pros and cons. It's one of those that's hard to do, but the key, the key ingredient to success is doing a kind of follow the sum model, how we do hand over the cases. That's where support processes really become important. As long as everybody follows the same processes, customers shouldn't see the cases being handled differently. Mm. So that's, that's really the um, secret in creating, having a clear documented process, how to handle a case and how to hand over to the next time zone. So they could continue without asking the same questions because customers, one of the disloyalty factors is if you ask the customer the same questions or you don't read the notes on the cases that work by the previous time zones. So that, that's Yeah, I'm one of those customers. <laughs> I, I only want to say it once. <laughs> yes. And as a customer, I want a seamless experience, no matter what country, what planet <laughs> yep. I'm talking to. It just, you know, that seamless experience. So I love your thoughts on that, that kind yep. of unified process. Yeah, we should talk the customer language. It's the same language regardless of the origin of their uh, language, but let's talk customer language. Let's show that empathy understanding. But also I think customers need to understand that we are in a tough spot, like everybody's working from home. And I started seeing customers, some customers adapting to that, being more understanding with the Zoom meetings or with any other type of engagements where customers definitely understand if they hear a background, they don't mind it. And back in the days, like that was a taboo. Like, no, right. no, you cannot have dog barking. Yeah. <laughs> now people do see more human element of that. And the customers starting to show signs of, okay, they are here to help me and they work from home. They are in a tough spot. So I'm going to show more empathy. So I've started seeing customers showing that side of their face because usually customers can be seen as very demanding and challenging. But I see it trend change in that way too is positive oh yeah perfect yeah i'm a big fan of uh we're all customers of someone so how do you as an end customer of someone want to be treated or how does the workflow look or how does the interactions look so uh, yeah i'm definitely a, a big fan of um i want to do business easily seamlessly with with companies if I have, you know, if I do have a problem or need to submit a support case, make it easy. And I think I've mentioned this, I'm sorry, guys, on a different podcast, but I still have this pain with this one health insurance provider <laughs> where I submitted literally 20 different cases and responses wow. back and forth, basically requesting the same thing because I was getting different agents. And then I guess they didn't see the notes and they didn't see my prior interaction and my exclamation marks. And I wish a manager would just jump in yeah. <laughs> knowing I was frustrated and livid. And uh, yeah, I'll, I will never do business with them again because of that experience. So please, if, if you are a leader of support, success, anything on the service side, I think something that would help was go through your own customer journey 
mm-hmm. yourself. I think a lot of times support leaders don't do that. They're looking from the outside when maybe you just have to experience it and see where you can improve. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to share a few thoughts. I wonder how many support leaders called in their support line yeah. or how many yeah. times they created a case. So one of the items we are focused now in, in at SciWave is how can we make it easy for our customers to reach out to us? So we are offering new channels. When they call us, we are putting technology in place to understand if they have an open case. Yeah. And if they have an open case, we will prompt them, is that what you're calling us? And if the answer is yes, we'll connect them with that person if they are available. If not, we'll go to the LPC, someone in the queue waiting to pick up that queue. But it's all about making that interaction easy because they ran into an error message. They ran into a question that stopped their day. And last thing they want to do is call support. So we understand that. And the other day, I'm always on the lookout for companies who does a better job of support. And I tried to pick. So the other day, I called Fidelity for oh, okay. a question. Just don't and call the IRS because it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Have to call them. Um, I called Fidelity and it, I pressed the options. It was about scheduling. And they asked the voice prompt. So far, no connection with a human person. After pressing three, connecting with the uh, scheduling, it asks, do you have an iPhone? We could send you a link that will let you schedule the um, meeting with your advisor on the spot. I said, that's what I wanted. So I pressed that. I get a text message on my iPhone that I could schedule. I hang up nice. the phone. That was it. Nice. So that's a, that's a good example of yeah. I had an issue and it's been self-service. And now I like Fidelity. They created a loyal customer. Sure, there are other options, but this is why support is important. They need to make it easy for their customers to interact. So and that's definitely something I always keep an eye, whether it's business to consumers products or business to business, trying to pick up items we could implement at SciRate. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, that I'm that kind of customer. Make it easy. <laughs> All right. Well, any final thoughts, Emery? I think that was a good ending. <laughs> yeah. No, it's support is anybody who's planning to, with the great resignation that's going on right now, I would encourage a lot of folks who want to feel empowered and look for opportunities. Maybe look at support roles, that's, especially in SaaS companies where you have flexibility to work from home. And by the way, companies who adapt that mindset, will win in the long term change from sitting in one office listening to calls to let's trust our people so there are really good opportunities out there to make a difference and support i 100 percent believe is a great place to start and like you said support leaders they need to make it easy for customers and they need to continue to be the voice for their customers for the rest of their organization awesome well, I do appreciate your time, and I hope uh, you, the audience, uh, learned a lot from Emery. I'll have his uh, LinkedIn bio in the text, the bottom of the session. So thank you so much, Emery. Thanks for listening to the Contact Center Gurus podcast. Make sure to visit our sponsor pages, Support Logic at www.supportlogic.io, Balto at www. .balto.ai OzoneTel at www.ozonetel.com
Cloud Tech Gurus at www.cloudtechgurus.com. Don't forget to subscribe and we will see you next time.